Christmas Eve 2017, a 19-year-old woman leaves a bag in a recycling bin behind a Calgary grocery store. November 27, 1987, a pair of teenage boys find a garbage bag tucked between cars in a Calgary parking lot. A tiny leg, an arm, and a head poking out. 30 years apart, the events are eerily similar. A baby abandoned during the holidays. I'm Dave McIver. And I'm Adam Toy. And this is Why. Okay, thank you for uh, coming this evening. My name is uh, Staff Sergeant Martin Chavetta of the Calgary Police Service Homicide Unit. An investigation that began on Christmas Eve 2017 when a deceased infant was found inside a dumpster in the community of Bonas has led to charges against a woman. At approximately 11.30 p.m. on Sunday, December 24, 2017, a resident of the community called police after finding the body of a newborn in a garage bin located behind 7943 43rd Avenue Northwest. Autopsy results have indicated that at some point after birth, the child was breathing on her own. Over the course of the investigation, which began as an undetermined death, over 70 tips were received from the public. Each one of them were followed through to determine the identity and well-being of the mother. The use of CCTV and confirmation of DNA from the baby and the mother eventually provided investigators with the necessary information to proceed with charges. Nina Marie Albright is charged with indignity to a human body and failure to provide the necessaries of life. Albright will be in court on February 21st. This is a case that weighed heavily on the minds and hearts of not only investigators, but the larger community. While particulars surrounding the motive and intent will unfold as part of the court process, we hope this provides some level of closure for all involved. If anyone is in a similar situation, there are numerous resources available. We certainly do not want to see this happen again. I'll now be able to answer uh, any questions. Well, I have some questions. So many questions. Like, why would someone abandon a baby? And would an adopted, previously abandoned baby want to reconnect with their birth parents? While this incident and the one from 1987 resemble each other, they are 30 years apart and they are two separate incidents. Heidi Pearson is an online journalist with Global Calgary and has covered this story since it broke. Welcome, Heidi. Thank you, Adam. Take us back to Christmas 2017. What happened in the Bonus neighborhood in Calgary? Christmas 2017, Christmas Day, I uh, happened to be working that day and um, opened up my computer early in the morning to find a news release there from the Calgary Police saying that, unfortunately, the night before, somebody in the community had uh, had found a baby in in a dumpster in a parking lot um, behind a grocery store, and the baby was unfortunately dead. And so police on Christmas Day then were putting out a plea to the public to try to find the mother that left this baby there in, in a dumpster to die, essentially. Mm. Um, and that was kind of where this whole this whole thing started. And there have been some recent revelations in the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so just last week, um, more than two years later, and, and after it kind of seemed like police had almost just sort of given up hope and they weren't really getting very far in the case, they actually made an arrest um, and, and they found the mother of the baby and, and arrested and charged her um, in relation to having left her child there in, in the dumpster. 
Heidi, what did police know about the condition of the mother and the baby back on that night in 2017? Well, investigators have said a number of times that they do think the baby was alive when she was left there in the dumpster. They're not sure when she was born, uh, but they do think it was earlier on that day, so earlier on Christmas Eve 2017. Um, But they do think that she was alive and breathing on her own when uh, she was left there in the dumpster. Um, And when it comes to the mother, that's something that's a little less known because, um, you know, as I just said, they only just identified her and were able to arrest her last week. So, you know, there's not really any indication or we haven't gotten any information as to what her mental or physical state was at the time or what it is now, um, other than police have said that according to CCTV video that they found from the area that kind of showed the scene Mm -hmm. um she appeared to be um in some sort of medical distress uh, as police describe it um and she was seen buying items at a store that police investigators say would be a common thing to buy after you've had a baby so Mm -hmm. that's kind of all we know about her thanks for your time heidi you're welcome thank you You know how there's the saying that history doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes? I do now. It was a story that captivated Canadians. In November 1987, a newborn was found abandoned in a garbage bag in this Calgary parking lot. It took a really emotional toll and it was really hard to process. The public named her baby Mary and she was adopted. Her new family quickly moving her out of the spotlight and out of the province to Kelowna, BC. Very few people knew who she was uh, around us, just our, you know, our close family. But in 2017, baby Mary, whose real name is Tiana Elliott, decided to step back into the public eye, putting out a plea to anyone who might have information. She also tried Ancestry.com, a DNA data bank, and there was a hit. I got a message from a cousin that said, we share grandparents. And I went, okay, we figured out some interesting family history. (laughs) Now years after her search began, Tiana has tracked down her biological mother and father. So let me get this straight. Baby Mary, as Tiana was known, was left in a Calgary parking lot, wrapped in a garbage bag, She gets adopted and then 32 years later finds her birth parents? Yes, and she waited a long time before reaching out to find her birth parents. So I found out uh, about my whole story when I was about 12 or 13. Uh, My mom and I were sitting downstairs and I started to ask some questions about a baby picture, my baby book. And uh, it just, she just, she couldn't hide it anymore. She had to tell me the full story. So when I was about 16, that's when it started to take more of an emotional turn. uh, And you start to feel those feelings of... uh, unwanted or whatnot and uh, it's only been recently that I'm finally starting to be good again. Through talking with her cousin who Tiana found through Ancestry.com, Tiana's newfound aunt asked all of her siblings about a woman who might be a family member. All of the brothers took a paternity test and one came back positive. Tiana's birth father had no idea she existed. A four-year-old granddaughter was also a shock but the identity of her mother 
was still a surprise. Funny story, no. <laughs> he actually, he, he racked his brain and he's going, I, I can't honestly tell you who it was. Uh, he says, I was kind of a sports star, so I went to a lot of parties. Uh, I'm not, I honestly, I can't tell you who it was. Uh, so I actually was working with a genealogist through Facebook and she is the main reason why we got it narrowed down. She found three women that were sisters that were the possible matches and I started making some Facebook messages uh, and uh, I finally got a hold of the brother as well on that side. There's a brother, and uh, he went and asked his sisters, and sure enough, one confessed to everything. Whoa. Yeah, that was, he He was very, at first, he was like, nope, like, there's no way, um, my, my, there's no way that my sisters could have been pregnant, one of them, and our family not realize it. And I'm going, I hear you. <laughs> But one of them was, <laughs> so here we are. And sure enough, he, he asked them and the one just broke down and she admitted to everything. And she, oh, she feels absolutely terrible. And she just, she feels like the world is gonna judge her. So we're slowly building that relationship with her. It's just, it's it's a little more tricky given the situation because it, it is more on her than say birth dad. So what is the explanation from her birth mother? Honestly, I haven't really gotten one yet. We're, we're taking baby steps and I'm talking like we're getting to know each other because I, I can see that the emotional part there is very hard and I get it because I'm very similar. So I emailed her and I said, look, let's just let's do baby steps. Let's get to know each other. So, you know, simple things like what do you do for work? What's your favorite color? What are your hobbies? So we're kind of in that stage of this relationship. Um, I haven't asked the big hitter questions quite yet. We'll be right back. It's really nice to hear that Tiana, aka Baby Mary, has been able to reunite with her birth parents. It sounds like she's getting along well with her birth father, and it's still in the early going for her relationship with her birth mother. And Tiana said she hasn't asked why her birth mother gave her up and left her in that parking lot. So why would a mother choose to give up her child? Dr. Jessica Shaw is an assistant professor in the Faculty of Social Work at the University of Calgary. Welcome, Dr. Shaw. Thank you for having me. Dr. Shaw, these mothers that gave up these children, some would say abandoned them in 2017 and 1987. Both of these mothers were 19 years of age. Without speaking directly to the individual cases, can you speak to why they may have made this decision to leave their newborn unattended in the middle of winter? When we look at the circumstances of where the infants have been left, uh, they would indicate that it's someone who's highly distressed. Um, often they're abandoned in parking lots or in dumpsters around recycling depots. And so uh, this suggests that this is a, a panicked moment of um, someone trying to resolve something that, you know, who knows what the person has been going through that led up into that circumstance where they did leave the infant. Can you speak to some of the stresses that young women or girls can face when they are pregnant? We know that uh, a lot of, of young mothers, um, a lot of, of people who become pregnant regardless of their age, are not in a circumstance where they're able to, first of all, make decisions about whether or not they become pregnant, um, whether that's because of, of abuse, or sexual assault, um, lack of connection with the medical system. And then carrying a pregnancy to term, there, there are times when people don't realize they're pregnant until quite late on. Mm-hmm. Um, there are documented cases where someone doesn't realize they're pregnant until they're in labor. Um, and so for, for all of these reasons, we can think about how uh, distressing it would be, whether or not 
you realized you were pregnant to be then giving birth and faced with um, having to go through labor and birth. And then also um, that there's a new person in, in your life that you're responsible for um, that has come into the existence with you and because of you. And in those cases, too, uh, people have varying levels of support um, with pregnancy, with birth, and with parenting. In Edmonton, also the Lower Mainland and Saskatoon, there are these angel cradles. What do you know of these services and what are the outcomes from them? So the idea of, of angel cradles or, or safe havens date back uh, hundreds of years when um, people were not able to care for the number of children that they were having and they were often offered through either hospitals or churches um, where people could leave an infant, sort of this idea of no questions asked. And today that idea of uh, anonymity carries forward into what in Alberta we call angel cradles and you're right in Saskatoon and Vancouver as well they exist Um, they're really seen as a a last resort and I think they should be because there are um, other ways that people can make an adoption plan or surrender a baby um, if they're they're not able to care for it through child and family services um, by going to a police station. Um, there are agencies that exist to help support people in, in making an adoption plan. Uh, so these angel cradles really are last resorts for for people for whatever reason have not felt that they have been able to make a plan. Um, who are, I can only imagine, in a moment of panic and wanting to uh, surrender a baby and, and still have it uh, have a chance at life. And so if these angel cradles save even one life, I think that they're important. Um, in Edmonton, where there are two uh, through Covenant Health, we know that in the past seven years there's been one infant that has been left in an angel cradle. Mm-hmm. Um, so does it make sense for one life saved? Yes. You use the phrase, their baby, and... At the heart of it, that's what this is. This is a mother with their baby. The case of baby Mary from 1987, both Tiana and her adopted father said the the way way that that she she was left was not a way to be left abandoned. And that was made clear to us by the police and by our social worker. Um, She was left to be found. And as it turns out, that's exactly the motive the mother had was to give her a better life. I think that that calls to us um, motherhood and the idea of motherhood brings forward a lot of um, ideas about how women should be, about how mothers should be, and there is tied with that this um, understanding that motherhood is caring. And so when we when we hear about baby Mary, now Tiana, being left in a circumstance where it appears that someone wanted her to be found and to be to be given a life, I think that uh, makes sense with how we understand parents as, as being protective, even if they're not able to provide life or support to that person in that moment. Um, so that makes sense, I, I think, with how we understand parents as caring, even if they're not the ones who are able to care for a baby. Um, in cases where someone is not left, a baby is not left in, in a circumstance where they're meant to be found by, by how they're, they're abandoned. Um, I think that also speaks to the other side of motherhood and, and parenthood, is, which is that not everyone wants to be a mother or wants to be a parent. And so imposing that, um, that ideal of, of love and caring and unconditional support, even if it can't be me, onto everyone in these circumstances doesn't quite work because uh, people do 
do get pregnant and give birth without wanting that to be the outcome. Um, so we have to sort of, I think, balance the way that we think about parenthood, but baby Mary Tiana is an example of, of someone who wanted to give their, their child life and mm -hmm. probably didn't know how to best make that happen. This was a child, like a, you know, a young mom, because this was a full-term baby, um, fully healthy, um, and left not, like when we say in a garbage bag, that was the clothing that she had. It, was, it would be like leaving her in a jumper because the bag was taped to her, like below her face. It wasn't like she was put in a garbage bag. You know, when you mention the garbage bag, where everybody goes, ah, they think, and no dumpsters involved or anything. It was put in a, in a place that she would be found. To me, anybody who's considering giving up a child for adoption, there might be some shame attached to that. There, there is a shame and a stigma that's attached regardless of what you do. People often face stigma for becoming pregnant in the first place. Mm -hmm. um, if they decide to terminate their pregnancy, there's stigma and shame against that. If they decide to carry their pregnancy to term and, and create an adoption plan, um, there can be shame and stigma around being a pregnant young person. Um, and... and I think that most of the most of the narratives that I, I hear and, and attend to in relation to adoption is around it being sort of this selfless act and recognizing one's own capacity or, or um, desire to be a parent or not, and that it is upheld as uh, a gift. Um, and I think we can think through that lens and also hold space for how difficult it is to uh, be in a position where you're pregnant and don't want to become a parent and having to work through that process of the entire nine months and, and the emotional piece of it afterwards that um, in this, you know, what society would call this selfless act of, of giving a child life and giving them a life that you might not feel you can provide, um, that there also can be loss there for the person and loss there for the mother who is making that decision. So what can a mother do when she finds herself in the desperate situation where they feel that they need to abandon their baby? We do have wonderful care providers uh, across the province who are able to help guide someone with whatever the direction of their pregnancy is, whether that is um, carrying it to term and deciding to parent and connecting with social support services that might be needed for that, whether it's um, creating a, an adoption plan and connecting people with resources and parents and talking about the different models of adoption that exist in Canada, um, or whether that's helping someone to terminate a pregnancy without carrying it to term. Really, the, a healthcare professional should be a first point of contact. Police stations, fire stations, and hospitals are all able to accept a newborn baby and give it immediate medical care. There are angel cradles in Vancouver, Edmonton, and soon Saskatoon. This Is Why is produced by me, Adam Toy, and Dave McIver. It's a national radio show and a podcast. You can reach us by email at thisiswhy at globalnews.ca and on Twitter at thisiswhy. If you like what you hear and want to hear more, make sure you subscribe to This Is Why so you never miss an episode. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And while you're there, give us a five-star rating. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.